Tonight, a major loss for Trump, a federal appeals court ruling unanimously that the former president is not immune from prosecution for alleged crimes he committed in office to overturn the 2020 election. Now, this is a crucial ruling. It strikes down the entire heart of Trump's defense in the Department of Justice's January 6th case. Trump, for his part, is slamming the, quote, nation-destroying ruling, warning that it will cause grave harm to America and the presidency. It is a monumental decision because it could have huge legal and political implications. So we're going to talk about how this could affect the entire timeline now that this ruling has come down, whether he could be convicted before uh, Election Day. Crucial questions in a moment. I want to bring in out front now, though, the former Trump White House attorney, uh, Ty Cobb. And Ty, of course, you signed that amicus brief in the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals arguing against Trump's claims of immunity. And obviously that is the way that this three-court, this three-judge panel ruled, unanimously saying that Trump does not have immunity. I know you've had a chance to read through it. What stands out the most to you? I think what stands out the most to me is how comprehensive and exhaustive the opinion is with regard to American history and the evolution of constitutional law back to Marbury versus Madison. Um, you know, I think we discussed last week that uh, I didn't think people should be overly concerned about a three-week delay, but if we got into late this week, you know, there might be cause for concern with regard to delay. I think 28 days to uh, an opinion of this magnitude and gravity um, Mm. Um, you know, I wish it had been sooner, but at the same time, I can see now why it was not, because this is, this is an epic opinion. Uh, this is an opinion, if it's the last word on these issues, as it may be, depending on what the Supreme Court does, uh, will be studied in law schools for the next 120 years, along with other key constitutional opinions, such as Marbury versus Madison. Uh, I think the, um, the unanimity um, of this of the three judges yeah. and the per curiam nature of the opinion is a very, very important fact. Uh, it will, um, well, I think it already has negated the likelihood of en banc review by the full court um, uh, of the D.C. Circuit. And I think that it will give the Supreme Court some pause, uh, both because it gets these issues right and it doesn't, you know, while it's compelling, um, historic, monumental, it doesn't sweep too broadly. They only decided the few issues that they needed to decide. That uh, They resolved the jurisdictional issue uh, wisely in, uh, in light of the constitutional issues posed by the Double Jeopardy Clause and impeachment, um, which while you know, not uh, explicit uh, constitutional grants of immunity, uh, as suggested, are required under Midland Asphalt, still clearly satisfy the yeah. Uh, important nature of um, uh, why they had to resolve it. Uh, they also, they also, um, you know, limited it to this indictment, this president, these circumstances. Um, you know, they didn't speak uh, for future presidents. They didn't speak for you know future possible indictments. They focused solely on this, and that it, it's clear that the, this judgment is limited to that. So I, I know in that sense you're saying the Supreme Court may not even take it up. I, what about the, the, the argument, and I, I mentioned it briefly introducing you, but that Trump himself made today saying the decision would, quote, terribly injure the presidency and, in fact, the United States itself. Uh, all, all future presidents would be targets for political retribution. American democracy would be at risk. What's your response to such sweeping terminology? Well, I do believe that if Trump is elected, that President Biden could be in danger of 
retribution. Um, but I don't believe there's a legal basis for it, and I don't think it would go very far. Uh, the 44 presidents that uh, preceded President Trump did not uh, waste a second, I think, uh, debating whether they should commit an intentional criminal act. So I don't really uh, buy that argument. Uh, history doesn't suggest that it's true. Uh, Trump also claimed that uh, the Supreme Court took away his immunity. That was immunity that is nowhere uh, promised anybody. And nobody since Nixon has believed that uh, uh, presidents are above uh, criminal process. So I think everything he said today is uh, rhetoric designed for his base, uh, red meat, um, and none of it's true. All right, Ty Cobb, thank you very much. As always, we appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you, Aaron. All right, so Ryan Goodman's here with me, co-editor-in-chief of Just Security, and Ankush Kadori, the former federal prosecutor who wrote an article in New York Magazine titled, What Happens Exactly If Trump Is Sentenced to Prison? So, Ryan, um, you, you know, listening to Ty talking about the, the argument here that, that, was, that was given by the, 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 the judges today, the three judges, your team looked at the potential timeline now that we have this ruling on immunity, and here it came, right, comes on this Tuesday in February. What does this mean uh, in terms of whether Trump's case itself, uh, that this this particular trial on January 6th concludes before Election Day? So there's now a pretty good likelihood it will conclude before Election Day will have a verdict. Um, and the court sets this up in motion by saying that by Monday, February 12th, Trump has to basically petition the Supreme Court. They force his hand. And then the court gets to decide whether or not they want to take cert or hear the case. Mm -hmm. And they'll probably make that decision around leap day, <laughs> February 29th. Right. At that point, you got two different tracks. So track one is the court decides not to take the case. They just deny cert. They say what Ty Cobb just said. Ty saying it's not worth it. Yeah, it's not worth it. To. This is a solid decision. It's a landmark decision. It's narrow. It's confined. And it is a unanimous decision. So we just leave it be. If that's the case, then we're on a short track. It goes right back to the trial court. June 1st is a very good start date to uh, anticipate. And then the trial wraps up by September 1st. That's the short time frame. And then the longer time frame is the court does hear the case, but they will decide against Trump in all likelihood. Uh, he just doesn't really have a strong case. On that timeline, then we're looking at late July, like July 30th start date, October 30th verdict. And that's conservative. It could be right. a, like a week before October 30th, but obviously bumping right up against. Right. Election. I mean, October 30th is obviously the week before yeah. um, the week before the election. All right. So, Ankush, you've looked at this closely as well. If if Trump is convicted, right, and, and as as Ryan's laying out these scenarios, if that verdict is indeed announced before election day, so you get a verdict, then obviously there's an appeals process. What does the appeals process look at that point, and how long does that take? Well, so there would be a couple of months uh, of a sentencing process immediately following the conviction. Then there would be an appeal. And in the ordinary course, an appeal from uh, a proceeding like this, um, after a verdict, you would expect maybe two to three years. In this particular case, uh, I would hope that if we get to that point, that you know the appellate court and the Supreme Court would be expediting their review because obviously there would be an intense public interest in having appellate courts review that verdict um, for any uh, potential defects or legal sufficiency. So um, that's kind of the ordinary course, like two, three years uh, for, for the appellate chain of review. But I would hope, if, again, if that's where this ends up, that that would move more quickly. It would move more quickly. Um, interesting, though, Ryan Zanning on Kush has said, you could get a verdict on um, the day before Halloween, theoretically, or, or, or sooner, right? But you could get a verdict as, as, as late as that. But that would not mean you even, never mind appeals process, you might not get, you wouldn't get necessarily a sentence, obviously. Right. Because that's a whole process, too. You would simply get a guilty or innocent initial verdict from a jury. 
That's right. Uh, so the American public will know what a unanimous jury potentially decides and what they are finding him guilty of if it's a guilty verdict, because then we can already begin to calculate what the likely conviction is uh, based on those particular crimes. Sentencing ranges, et cetera. So, Ankush, in your magazine uh, article, in New York Magazine, you identified a minimum security prison in Florida that could likely be where Trump go if it go, would go if he is convicted. It's in Pensacola, about eight hours away from Mar-a-Lago. Uh, and you spent some time looking at this. Um, it's, a, it's a nice place for a prison. Tennis, volleyball, sunbathing, gazebo. Uh, and you got to do a job landscaping or working in the kitchen, um, no cell phone, no internet access are the limitations. How did you land on this facility? So it is the um, only federal prison camp that is, is the closest federal prison camp to Mar-a-Lago. Let me put it that way. Federal prison camps are the lowest level of security um, in the federal uh, penitentiary system. And the Bureau of Prisons has a preference for placing people, if possible, um, close to the residence where they will be released to which is Mar-a-Lago in this case. So Pensacola happens to be um, the closest federal prison camp to Mar-a-Lago. Um, and so whether or not it's actually, you know, if we end up there again, that particular camp, um, the general complexion of sort of day-to-day -day life in the facilities um, is not that different from place to place, um, but that's how I identified it. Uh, and Ryan, you know, it's fascinating though, and obviously, you know, we're, we're a long way away from it, but I think today it, it comes real, certainly to the former president, in a way it may not have before that this is where this could go, right? Because it's going to go forward. There is uh, going to be a, a trial, uh, from at least unless some shocking things come from the Supreme Court. Um, another option, though, uh, you know, if this does happen, is something like home confinement? That's right. Um, so home confinement for a conviction on these charges would be unusual. Um, and generally, the courts have said, we're going to treat Trump as any other citizen, like Citizen Trump a former president can't be above the law. And even the conservative court in the 11th Circuit, all conservative judges said the same thing when it came to the classified documents case. So that's the question that will be before the trial judge. Does he get treated like everybody else in which he does actually serve time in a minimum security prison or maybe home confinement at Mar-a-Lago with certain conditions? And you could also say he is somewhat different. There's a greater security risk with him. He travels with the Secret Service. Maybe right. home confinement is a better situation. All right, well, thank you both very much. All of this uh, uh, real after all of the, uh, this time and discussion uh, tonight in a way uh, that it has not yet been.